Hi, and welcome to Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. My name is Ruth Haley Barton, founder of the Transforming Center, and I'm here with Steve Weens, senior pastor of Genesis in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Steve is also a Transforming Community alum, which means we've spent time laughing, growing, and being transformed in Christ's presence in community with other leaders. Thanks, Ruth. And hey, we've appreciated the great response we've had to the first five seasons of the podcast, and we would love to bring more seasons and expand what we're doing with the podcast, but all those things take financial resources. So if you've enjoyed the podcast, we'd like to invite you to become a monthly patron by visiting transformingcenter.org slash patron. That's transformingcenter.org slash patron. You can choose what level of support you would like to give, and you'll get some exclusive bonus content for becoming a patron. Thanks so much for considering it. I also want to let you know that this season, we're walking through Ruth's newest book, which is called Invitation to Retreat. We're going to have one episode per chapter, and we encourage you to purchase the book and read along with us. When you buy the book from the Transforming Center, you're going to receive a signed copy from Ruth and some exclusive bonus offers. So visit thetransformingcenter.org to learn more. Episode nine is called Invitation to Recalibrate. And so my first question, Ruth, is oftentimes we find ourselves on retreat and then all of a sudden there's this sadness Mm -hmm. and we don't see it coming, but there it is. What is that? Yeah, it is surprising because I think we think, well, if I get it all together and get myself away for a retreat, it's just going to be unequivocally wonderful. and Yeah, warm, fuzzy, happy with God. And there is all that for sure. But there is a sadness and there's, you know, lots of reasons for sadness. But one of them is that on retreat, we get more in touch with our deepest desires and how we'd like to be living our lives. And we realize, oh my goodness, the way I'm living my life doesn't really correspond to what I really want. Mm -hmm. And that is a very deep truth to have to face. And I think a lot of our distraction and noise keeps us from facing that truth, that I'm really not living my life according to my deepest desire. And maybe even a sense that we're squandering life, that life is out of control, that we're not living our lives towards things that are most important to us. Even though we try, it's that the minutes and the hours and the days are just slipping away and we're not living them towards the purposes that are deepest within us. And wow, that is hard to face. Especially when there's not a real obvious reason. Like you can look Mm -hmm. and you can say, Oh, my job is pretty good. Yeah. My, my family, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty connected. Yeah. You know, so what is this? Mm-hmm. So what do we do in that moment? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, don't run away. You know, don't try to distract yourself with anything. And even on retreat, we can find ways to distract ourselves. For sure. So stay with it and find out what the sadness really is. And it could be that that does lead you to tears. So you need to you need to shed the tears. Some of us don't like to cry. I don't like to cry. I'm always going to fight the tears. I'm never going to easily give myself to the tears. And I think most of us are that way. Um, so if tears come, cry them. Um, whatever the feelings are, name them. Um, maybe even try to write about them if you can. Um, but be present with the sadness rather than trying to run away in any way or not. And... And hopefully in the willingness to stay with the sadness, you'll be able to get in touch with the desire that's underneath. You know, what am I longing for? What am I desiring that's not happening in my life right now? What is the disconnect between how I want to live my life and how I'm actually living my life? And um, 
use it as an opportunity for either speaking to God or journaling to capture some of what you're knowing in those moments. So we, we, we try to stay with mm-hmm. it. And again, I would, you know, God, how are we going to mm-hmm. stay with it? Yeah. <laughs> Versus trying real hard to stay with it and maybe, maybe take a five minute break if you need to go mm-hmm. quick walk, but come back. And then as we take stock of our lives, you write about these two probing questions that are good to think about and maybe journal on, maybe take to your spiritual director. What are those two questions? Mm-hmm. The question, who do I want to be and how do I want to live so that I can be who I want to be? And I think that gets at at how am I living my life and is it consistent with what I say I really want? Because I think, for instance, just looking at the issue of busyness and pace of life, I think many of us recognize that when we are as busy as we are, and I recognize this in my life all the time, that that busyness keeps me often from being the person that I fundamentally am and that I want to be to other people. So when I'm busy, I'm more short with people. I'm more task-oriented. I'm uh, more abrupt in my beginnings and endings. I'm not prayerful. You know, there's all sorts of ways in which I'm not my best self when I'm busy mm-hmm. and my schedule's out of control. And so that might be what we face is, man, the way I'm living my life is not enabling me to be the person I want to be in my life, which takes us to the different question then, how do I want to order my life so I can actually be the person that I want to be? What would that take? What would that look like? And that question leads us into looking at what we call in Christian tradition a rule of life, yep. or what I like to talk about as sacred rhythms in our lives that, that keep us open and available to God and that, that help us to be the person that we want to be in the world. Okay, before you get into that, because I want to talk about how do you create mm-hmm. that, this question of who do I want to be, mm-hmm. do, do we have permission to ask ourselves mm-hmm. that question? Yeah. And that sounds like a, a mm-hmm. rhetorical question. I really mean it. Mm-hmm. Do we have permission who are we to think that we can answer that question? Right. Well, many people um, feel like we don't have permission. Yeah. I think maybe we all do. Um, there's so many expectations that others have and that the culture has. Like, like we've talked a lot about technology, mm-hmm. but if I don't like the fact that staying so connected with technology means I'm not living in my life the way that I want to, like we talked about at the beginning of the book, do I have permission <laughs> yeah. to not be so plugged in? Yeah. Do I have permission not to be on Instagram? Do I have permission to disconnect my Facebook? Do I have permission to not have my phone with me sometimes, to not have my email connected to my watch. You know, that's one (laughs) of the things I have not taken, I have not moved to that place in my life, Mm -hmm. um, to having my email come into an an Apple watch that's on my wrist. I I don't know how I would ever focus on anything if I allowed that to happen in my life. So I have not done it. Now, sometimes I wonder, am I allowed? To not do that. Am I going to just become a dinosaur? Am I going to not be cool if I don't move with all the technologies? I mean, that's how the question sounds within myself. You know, is it okay that as an author, I don't have an Instagram feed and a tweeter and a Twitter feed? You know, like, how do I be a good author in the world and not be all connected up with all those things? Am I allowed to say no? You know, so we all have our ways and our reasons for pastors. Am Mm. I allowed to be disconnected, Mm -hmm. to not be available for pastoral calls? How Mm -hmm. might I accomplish that? Or does being a pastor mean that I'm always connected and always open and available to anybody's need anytime. You see, all of our vocational lives bring with it these kinds of challenges and these kinds of questions about permission. One of my friends that was, that was uh, at the time pastoring this very fast growing church, mm-hmm. but not according to the typical methods. Yeah. He wasn't trying to, it just was, mm-hmm. it was growing fast. And 
someone he, they they got an award like some mm-hmm. plaque you know for the like fastest growing <laughs> church in the whatever and they got written up in Christianity Today yeah, and, like you, that, you know, know and, and but they were horrified yeah. by it you know they're mm-hmm. like oh my gosh we don't want this attention yeah. I don't want Aww. this so they they took it to a tree mm-hmm. nailed it on the tree and they literally shot it full of holes like oh, that, wow. that that plaque wow. you know that sign mm-hmm. um, and then my friend said I I I don't think it's possible to be a pastor of a large church mm-hmm. and be healthy. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, he sat with that yes. question mm-hmm. and which, which mm-hmm. led him to sort of, well, what, what life do I want to lead? Yeah. What kind of life do I want to lead? So I think, you know, on the one hand, and I'm answering it now too, but mm-hmm. you can say, I don't have permission to it until your life Til, gets so yeah, out of right. control that mm-hmm. you're, you're either going to die. That's right. Or you're going to yes. Or you're going to change it. That's right. Which is what makes, you know, Andrew Sullivan's story at the very right. beginning of this so important because it was his vocational life to be completely always engaged with the 24-hour news feed and always blogging and always responding and always thinking and always trying to come up with the pithy thing you're going to say next. That was his job. Yeah. So to step away meant he was literally stepping away from the requirements of his vocational life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So sometimes when we get in touch with the deeper desires of our hearts, it brings us to these radical choice points. Okay. So you you talk about this so well in, in many different places, but remind us how we drop down into the deepest desires Mm -hmm. that we have? Well, first of all, maybe it's helpful to know that Jesus encourages us in the New Testament to ask, you know, he asks us the question, what do you want me to do for you? Do you really want to be made well? What is it that you're seeking? What is it that you're really wanting? That that is a question that Jesus wants to be with us with. And sometimes I think we feel really uncomfortable with that oh, question, yeah. especially those of us who have been serving God in some way for a long time. And actually, I think it's in the in the DNA of Protestantism too that you know we get saved, and the first thing we're supposed to ask is, "What am I supposed to do for yeah, Jesus? Yeah, you know, He's done yeah. so much for me. What am oh I supposed gosh, to do yeah. for Him?" And you know, of course, that question has its place, but it does disconnect us from the our own desire. And and then it's clear in Scripture in Psalm thirty-seven four, for instance, that there are desires of the heart that God does long to meet. Very deeply true, human, legitimate desires. And God says, "Trust in the Lord, and He will give you all the desires of your heart." So there are these desires that God longs to meet, and if we can trust that process and stay with desire, whatever it is, it's presenting itself right now. So definitely. The, the whole question of desire is like the process of peeling an onion. Yes. There are layers. Like there's the desire for the red Ferrari, you know, but, you know, pull on that thread mm-hmm. and what's underneath that, you know, well, maybe mm-hmm. it's my desire to be cool. And what's in a, what's underneath that? Well, maybe it's the desire to drive fast and experience adventure. And what's underneath that? Maybe it's to feel passion. What's underneath that, you know? Um, and you can you know, pull on the thread of whatever mm-hmm. it is that's presenting itself and just keep keep letting it go deeper and deeper and deeper until you hit that rock bottom. You know, oh, well, I mm. am tired of being so responsible and I just want to have fun. Yeah. I'm tired of having a job that doesn't pay me very much and I've always wanted more materially, you know. And, and you say, and you can talk to God yeah. out of that place. And then Jesus, like Jesus does, with especially with James and John, he might ask us some really penetrating questions like, you have no idea what you're asking. Can you really drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that Jesus wants to interact with us on these questions and yeah. take us to the deeper place and, and to touch the, the place of authentic 
desire, that thing that's really, really true for us? And then do we have the courage to sit with that in God's presence and to see what God has to say to us there? And then from that place to maybe start reorienting our lives, rearranging our lives in some way Mm -hmm. for what it is we say we really want. And that that's it's the spiritual journey right yeah. there because there are deep spiritual desires that God has placed within each and every one of us that God longs to meet. What I like about what you just said about pulling the thread and, and going to the mm-hmm. deeper layers of the onion is you do have to notice each layer without judging it. That's and, right. And, and be there, yeah. be there. Yeah. Okay. You want mm-hmm. a red Ferrari? Great. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> but, what's that? Yeah, what's, yeah. you know, what's, what's underneath that? And then what's underneath that? Yep. No dismissing. Nope. Like we don't dismiss anything. Nope. And even the desires that feel frightening. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of Christian people are really afraid to acknowledge desire because we connect that in our culture with sexual desire. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. there is that. That's one of the deep desires and needs of the human person. Very legitimate. God created us with it. But I think we're really afraid. Wow. If I pay attention to that desire, my, you know, my desire for great sex, right? Right, right. That, man, that could get me in trouble. But it is still a desire that we need to be with, not act out on it right now, but be with it. Mm -hmm. And to let Jesus be with us there and to discover with Jesus what's underneath that, the desire for love, the desire Mm -hmm. for passion, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And and what are the legitimate ways in which God wants to meet those, you know, desires? Big stuff, really, really big stuff. I'm glad we sort of probed that mm-hmm. a little a little more deeply. So then the second question is, how do I want to live? And that, that leads us to mm-hmm. sacred rhythms uh, or rule of life. Uh, explain how developing mm-hmm. a sa- yeah. sacred rhythms helps you live mm-hmm. the kind of life you yeah. want to live. Well, and I'm really hoping that many of our listeners have read Sacred Rhythms yeah. um, because that, that entire book is meant to guide people in the process of developing sacred rhythms beginning with desire. Um, but if you haven't, you, you may want to pick that up. And But let me just say very briefly that sacred rhythms or a rule of life is this process of number one, knowing who I want to be, and then ordering my life for what I say I really want. Um, and I, I help people to experience some of the basic spiritual disciplines because when we experience the dynamics of those disciplines and, and what happens within those disciplines, then our desire is deepened to have those practices in our lives. So once you experience the presence of God, like Elijah did in solitude and silence from a place of desire, you say, I want that in my life. I Mm -hmm. want to order my life. So I get to have that in my life. Um, when we see the power of, um, self-knowledge and self-examination for real change. We say, you know, I can't live without that. I have to have a continual practice of self-examination in my life so that I can keep growing and changing. Mm -hmm. Um, When we experience Sabbath meaningfully and and substantively, and we experience what it's like to have a regular rhythm of rest, we say, I can't live without that. I'm not willing to live without that. I'm a better person when I practice Sabbath. So, So we experience these disciplines and other things that are meaningful to us and that give our life life and are enlivening to us. And we say, okay, I need to order my life. I want to order my life in that way. So there's this process of discovery of what I need and want to have in my life to be the person that I want to be. And then there's the process of putting it all together in the actual time frames of our mm-hmm. lives. So daily, yeah. weekly, monthly, maybe quarterly, definitely annually, what are the, the aspects of life that I place in a rhythmic way so that when I'm living in these rhythms, I'm my best self. I'm the mm. self I want to be. And I don't have to keep every day waking up and wondering, what am I going to do today? You know, I've got a set of rhythms that I'm actually leaning into and giving myself to that are very life-giving for me. And I don't have to ask the question every day, how am I going to live my life? Because I have these rhythm and, rhythms in place that keep me open to the presence of God and, and help me to be my best self. And so let's say someone has been on retreat and mm-hmm. they've named 
some Mm -hmm. things they want to do daily, weekly, Mm -hmm. monthly, quarterly, annually. And they've written them down Mm -hmm. and they've checked in and and it feels like life. It Mm -hmm. feels life giving. Yeah. What, what do they do next? Mm -hmm. Well, um, then, you know, if this is the first time one has put together rhythms, then you're definitely going to be, want to be wise with the people that you live with. You're going to want to go back and share gently and tenderly with people what you feel God's calling you to invite them into the process to ask the question, you know, together with your spouse or together with others, maybe the people that you work with. Um, this is what I feel God's leading me to. I want to let you know, what do we need to do? How can we work together for this to happen? So, um, that's if this is a new process for you and you're just establishing rhythms while on retreat. But the other function of retreat is for those of us who are living in sacred rhythms to use our retreat time as a time for looking at our rhythms and almost Mm reevaluating or, um, gently noticing whether or not number one, we still are living rhythms that correspond to our heart's deepest desires. Um, are these rhythms still the right ones? Has there been any major change in my life? And I now need to make a change in my rhythms to accommodate for this transition. Um, is there anything else? Is there anything that I'm missing? Any, anything that slipped that I want to bring back in a stronger way that one of the, one of the really important functions of retreat is to be able to look at our rhythms, our rule of life to see mm-hmm. if they're still holding, mm-hmm. to see if they're still the right rhythms for us. Yes. And life does change. It and does. our season of life changes. We mm-hmm. are empty nesters or we're caring for aging parents or our body, mm-hmm. something happens with our body. So I think it is really important to reevaluate and use retreat as a mm-hmm. time to recalibrate even as we've done this, um, even if we're doing sacred rhythms right. for years. Right. All right, Ruth. So maybe one last question. How would I reflect on my sacred rhythms mm-hmm. while I'm on retreat? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And, and let's use this as our practice yeah. at the end, you know. So if you're driving, if you can pull over or if you're able to, um, you, you know, rather than just listening to this, actually go into a time of reflection for yourself right now. Um, so first of all, what is your rhythm of living with God and others right now? What's working and what isn't? Now, that's a big question. Take some time to journal about that. Is there anything that feels empty or missing? And go ahead and journal some things about that. You can turn the podcast off for a moment and just do a little journaling right now about those questions. What rhythms of living with God and others do you find yourself longing for right now? We've talked about the longing to not be so busy because busyness keeps us treating other people in almost perfunctory ways. So what rhythms do you find yourself longing for right now? More prayer, more solitude, more meaningful time with others. What aspects of your life and practice are most life-giving? And really take time to notice, um, where is God flowing life into you through your spiritual practices? Is God inviting you more fully into those somehow? Maybe Allow yourself to envision what that could look like. Is there anything that's changed in terms of your season of life, any significant transition that you've been through recently? And then reflect on it for a moment. How have you adjusted for this or not? Maybe you've just kept barreling along as though nothing changed. Um, Ask God to give you real insight about whether or not your rhythms need to change now that you're on the other side of the transition. How do you feel limited in your life right now? 
Are there any additional limitations? Maybe something that's going on in your body or something that's going on in your family or something that's going on in your work life um, that's really limiting you right now. Can you accept that and then adjust your rhythms so they're more realistic rather than trying to keep fighting it? Be compassionate with yourself about whatever limits you're experiencing right now. Are there any unique opportunities for growth and transformation that seem to be contained within this season? Oftentimes, a particular season of life will contain both limits and opportunities. So are there any unique opportunities about this season? How are you leaning into that or how might you lean into those opportunities? Dream a little about what that could look like. Do you sense in any way that God's inviting you to be more intentional about how you're ordering your life? And if God is inviting you, can you say yes? Can you trust and say yes? This is what God's doing in my life right now. Or is there any way in which God is inviting you to reclaim or recommit or recalibrate your rhythms for being with God as you're longing to be with God and being with others in an abundant way? Be courageous about this. If God's saying it to you, claim it as being real. Don't be concerned that it's not even real or that you don't have the right to say yes to God on this. Claim it as God's invitation to you. And as Thomas Merton says, ask me not where I live or what I like to eat. Ask me what I am living for and what is keeping me from living fully for that. Thanks so much for listening today. We know there are thousands of podcasts to choose from, and we are grateful you spent the last 30 minutes with us. If God has stirred something in you about your own leadership experience, maybe God is inviting you to begin your own journey of leadership transformation. I was a part of Transforming Community Number 6 way back in 2011, and it was such an important part of my spiritual journey. Transforming Community is a practice-based spiritual formation journey with nine quarterly retreats. The Transforming Community is designed to integrate your spirituality and leadership, helping you reclaim practices and experiences spiritual seekers down through the ages have used to open themselves to God's transforming work. Thank you so much for your support of the Transforming Center and this podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever you subscribe. These reviews and ratings increase the visibility of the podcast. Thanks so much.